Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 235. My name is Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini, and welcome to the Comedy Film Nerds Podcast. We're going to talk a lot about movies tonight. <laughs> Wow. wow, yeah. Where did that guy come from? I don't know. From? I just, I was, I got all excited. Like it was our first show. What? Welcome to the yeah. Comedy wow. Film Nerds Podcast. Yeah, you should be as excited as I am. Yeah. 235 episodes. And we're going to talk about movies today. Yeah. Like this is the first, really? On, yeah, the, on this podcast? Yes. Okay. Horror movies. We're going to talk about Gone Girl, Walk Among the Tombstones. We're going to talk about, um, uh, and we're going to revisit Edge of Tomorrow and a couple of other movies. <laughs> Um, and you do you you you're at Shriekfest? And I was at Shriekfest. Yeah, we're going to talk about that as well. And and, and uh, it was Neil's first time behind the mic. We're going to talk about that. Oh, He's, uh... my goodness gracious. <laughs> so you're going to hear some Neil. Yeah. It's coming up in a in a future episode. Yes, yes, that'll be a nice that'll be a nice bonus episode. Yeah, I know we didn't get to go to Shriekfest last year cuz it was on the same weekend as Podfest, but this yeah. year you guys were able to go. Yeah, it was good. it was great. It's such a great festival. Yeah. It's not a huge festival. It's a kind of a, a nice size, but it's you know, it's where we met our guest too. It is where we met our guest. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, thanks. I just want to say this. Thanks to everybody again for all of the cool emails and photos and stuff like that about Podfest. It was great. Yeah, That's yeah. Been, We're still uh, coming down from it yeah, and recovering. Yeah. yeah, there's. It was great and. Um, I everyone was, loved the hotel. Everyone, I was just yeah. at the hotel, you know, picking up some stuff and they were, they, the hotel was like, God, your podcast fans, they're so nice and polite and they cleaned up after themselves <laughs> and they tipped well. And it just makes me happy that. Yes. We have, you know, podcast fans are great fans. Yeah, they're not filthy, cheap assholes. No. You know what I mean? That's really good. <laughs> I, I, I honestly felt like a parent who was like, oh good, my kids didn't. Yeah. They, they didn't embarrass us. Yeah. They didn't embarrass us. Like. <laughs> Your fans are awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that has just been so cool. And the emails and stuff from everybody. A couple of our podcasters embarrassed us. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the fans did not. We're not mentioning names, <laughs> Eddie Ift. But, um, and yeah, and of course the live stream, guys, uh, I've been watching some of it. which is It been, looks amazing. It's really cool. Yeah. It is really cool to see. And we did the math on it, too. It's like... Um, you get like something like fifty hours of video for yeah. like twenty five bucks, and then of course coupon code nerd, nerd, and then it's only twenty bucks. Yeah, it's, and it's only till October nineteenth. It's running out, so watch them. So, but yeah, we want to thank you guys. It's been great. Uh, you know, it was a great festival uh, this year. We love the new location. We love the response, and it's just going to grow. And you know, everyone that came to it or has been to it in the past, we're gonna, you know, got a lot of regulars. A lot of regulars. Let us know, like, what first sh- what your name is, because so, sometimes we forget yeah. from year to year. Don't be mad that we don't. We meet a <laughs> Please lot. Please don't. People. Please don't be angry if you we don't forget. Remember me? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I did 150 shows in the last year where I met people, but you're wonderful. To be fair, we remember your face. Like we remember yes. meeting you before. We just don't always remember the name. Yeah. I meet so. 200 people a week. Yeah. I can't remember. You remember 180 of them, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, there's just 20 people that are really boring and dumb. And it's not my fault that you don't have nothing for me to remember. So name tags. Yeah, <laughs> name tags. No, but what I was going to say was, and I think we're going to send out like an official email, but if you post on the PodFest Facebook page or even just email us what shows you'd like to see next year, that'll help us with programming. Yes, and we want to open up the festival too. We're going to get more NPR um 
podcast, we're going to go after a lot more and really open up the fest. Yeah, and it's going to, you know, it's it, it, it's so much that there's so many things involved, like their, the performer schedules. And- there's a lot of moving parts. And to be fair, we tried to get a bunch of NPR podcasts yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. It was just a scheduling and budget thing. But next year, we're... For uh, anything you're like, hey, I really want to see this show or whatever, the, you know, we can't guarantee all of it. But if we get a consensus on some shows, we'll definitely try to go Yeah, after. Yeah, we'll do uh, as many blocks as we can. Um, all right, well, let's... Uh, Let's introduce our guest. Let's do it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, is a, a filmmaker who's actually one of the first filmmakers to uh, support comedy film nerds mm-hmm. with his work on uh, um, the short films uh, side of it and as well as the physical merchandise because mm-hmm. uh, he is the author of the book Puzzle Man as well as the filmmaker who's done the shorts included on the Three Dead Girls DVD. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Allen Broadstone. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good to see you. It's been you were. It's been a while since it's been, you've been a while. On the show. You yeah. were one of the first yeah. ones, I think. Really? Mm-hmm. Or was the first year of? Well, Chris had one of the first. He, he had some of the first products in the store. Well, that I remember. But yeah. I mean, in terms of being a guest, I know it was. It a, was the first year. Yeah, yeah. It was a while mm-hmm. ago. Really? Because I thought you guys actually seemed really professional, even at that time. And I thought, <laughs> and I was like, wow, it, you know. Uh, um, what can I say? Yeah, no. It, well, that's cool to know because I was kind of scared about being on a podcast because I hadn't been a, you know, on a podcast myself at that point. Really, so, that was yeah. your first ever podcast? Appearance? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I did. I think I might have done either before or after that a call-in thing, mm-hmm. which was one of these disaster type shows where you know it's like a blog talk radio thing oh, where right. you end up. Are you there? Can you hear me? You know, oh, yeah. It's really what most of it yeah. of, of the conversation is. Call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's completely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Skype calls are actually functioning. These <laughs> blog talk radio things, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I even tried to tune into a few, and I'm sitting there waiting mm-hmm. and waiting. And then you kind of hear, can you, can we, can anyone hear, hear me? <laughs> and that's what I'm getting for about 10 minutes. And then you waited about another five minutes and suddenly the guy's posting, we're really sorry for technical difficulties. We have to cancel this podcast. We will reschedule the guests. I totally apologize to the guests. And then you look at and you see their posts on Facebook suddenly. They're like screaming the F word and typing and, you know, and like, I'm so sorry. I feel like the biggest idiot ever. <laughs> how, um, how, how disappointing is it when you hear we have to cancel the podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is something. I, fortunately, you know, and I told the guy, I'm actually a friend with this guy. And I said, uh, the, look at the bright side. At least it wasn't me that was the guest on the show. <laughs> he was like, oh, you, you asshole. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. And so now since that time, have you been uh, have you been guesting on a lot of podcasts? Since it's sort of. No, I haven't. <laughs> you learned your lesson. I learned my lesson. No, actually, things have kind of veered away for a while after that from. Uh, focusing after being on, on here, yeah, after being on here, which really did might have done something to my career, uh, <laughs> sent it on a downward turn. <laughs> but that's what we're good at. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I maybe it was because I promoted it so much that too many people actually tuned in, and then yeah. then after that, <laughs> downhill right away. No more podcast calls. For for, for those of you that don't know, Christopher uh, Allen Broadstone is a a horror filmmaker with a very um, unique and specific voice in. A his work and it really stands out. And when we saw his short films at Shriek Fest, we're like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. And then we started um, um, carrying his stuff in the store. And um, Chris is one of those um, filmmakers that we've always wanted to help promote and right. support. And in our very small way, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is fantastic. 
but this is um, w- w- we wanted to have you in here too. Obviously, it's Halloween, and we're going to be doing a lot of um, horror movies and and themed episodes. Maybe we'll get Matt Moak back in here too Ooh. for the uh, Zombie Research Society. I love it. Um, for he still uses backpack. Yeah, it's it's a great backpack. Great backpack. It'll, it'll help in the I zombie apocalypse. I strap yoga mat to it, yeah. and I. <laughs> I was in yoga class when I first started going, and this woman behind me, I had the background. She goes, uh, so how's the zombie research going? <laughs> and at first I forgot. I was like, I don't, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh. oh. that's right. I'm wearing the backpack. I was like, yeah, it's going quite well. <laughs> we're, we're finding a lot of good zombie stuff. So um, so what we uh, what we wanted to do is talk about Chris and his book, and he's got a couple of other um, things coming up as well as, now you've got a couple, you've got a feature in development and a new short, right? I, well, uh, I can say that I've had two features in development or mm-hmm. trying to get uh, investors still uh, for quite a while. I'm still working, pursuing that. Uh, actively, things happening, though, I've been falling more into my writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been doing a lot of uh, work as you know, hiring myself out to other filmmakers to do their post editing, audio, make everything er- scary. Make every- yeah, make everything happen. You know, so you for just them. Add, yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly what I do. I, and I have these little canned button, these buttons I push, and that's pretty much what I do. Like but, morning radio. Yeah, but I don't tell them that, and then I send them a bill. Yeah. <laughs> and they're really impressed. <laughs> Both with the bill and, <laughs> and what the shrieking, I, yeah, and the shrieking. <laughs> so well, that's cool, though. So it, now, when you do work and post on these films, are you exclusively working on, in horror or just no? Just I've done uh, right now. I've done a real like a God. I don't know what you want to call it. Really, a female angst comedy romantic something or other. It's hard to define it, uh, but I, you know, I did all the editing, all the post, everything, effects, you name it, mixing, everything, all the way down the line to full output for, oh, uh, wow. yeah, for DVD and for uh, web and all that good stuff. And then after that, I did something that's kind of more of a supernatural little thriller. These were both shorts, however. I have recently uh, been brought in to do some editing on. Uh, music videos, a couple music videos. Uh, one is for uh, Jessica Von Rabbit, used to be with the band Graham Rabbit, mm-hmm. if anybody's familiar with them, and which is very different from the other band, which our group, which is uh, actually an Italian singer who's trying to launch his career and about, to, I think, to get a deal with Sony BMG. And it's, the song's called Fry Z, if you ever hear it, but it's very, you know, kind of, it's very fun, rhythm, bluesy horns, you know, and he's got a lot of guest people on there, because apparently he's a big guy with a festival over there for music and he's brought in like uh, on this video particularly Jazzy Faw if you've ever heard of him he's a big pal of CeeLo Greens and uh, you know and all these other rapper types so I was working on that and then for the same director Giuseppe Asaro I've been uh, I was brought in to do a lot of kind of post-editing work to help him with the story and just really get polished and do a lot of polishing editing for a movie called Thrill Kill and then uh, that went very well and he needed audio work done, and so he ended up hiring me to do all the post-audio work. So I'm still in the process of finishing that out, and I'll be doing the final mix with him as well and output again. So and that, that'll be really, you know, that's a feature, and hopefully that'll be showing up in festivals next year. Awesome. Very cool. Well, let's uh, talk about some movies, then we'll get back into um, what we're talking about. And we've got a uh, we've got a new sponsor uh, today Ooh, too. Shazam! And the, I'm with really a contest with a oh my gosh, this is the the best giveaway a sponsor's ever done. Yeah. So we'll get it's to that in a minute. Sweet. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Gone Girl. Now this is getting a huge amount of buzz. This movie, okay. and uh, you saw it, and I I'm like really excited to see it. It it is you know 
I very much like it. I like David Fincher. I, you know, I like his films, obviously. Um, you know, this 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 renaissance that Ben Affleck is having, I, I absolutely... You're on board. I'm We're on, all on board. I'm so <laughs> on board. So, um, and uh, he... I want to bring up David Fincher's IMDb page. Um, yeah, I'm a huge Fincher fan. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it kind of plays like another one of his movies that I really enjoy, which is Zodiac. Oh, okay. In terms mm-hmm. of tempo and pacing um, and, and all that. I mean, like, uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Social Network. Um, you know, he directed a couple episodes of House of Cards, you know, like uh, Fight Club, which was just on the air. Um, that I was just watching on cable. So it, it, it's it's really it, it's really cool. There's some things in there, and I don't want to spoil anything. Towards the end, that I'll just say, I questioned a little bit in terms of like, would the police department really? Mm-hmm. But, right, right. But maybe that's me as a guy that's watched far too many cop shows. It's just <laughs> Police way, procedurals. Yeah, yeah. I've, I think, you know, I think I know how cops operate. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I'm just, a, <laughs> I'm a cop show fan. So maybe I'm just nitpicking. So I just want to preface what I'm saying with mm-hmm. that. Overall, this is a fantastic film. Rosamund by holy shit, she is so good in this. Now, she, she's gripping. Well, I think too, Fincher gets a lot of credit for that, for the pacing. It sounds like it was really good. I mean, it's, it was two and a half hours or something like that. It's, it's, it's a lengthy film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things where just was starting to feel like, oh, this is getting slow. Something interesting happens. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it also is a little bit of an indictment on the media and, and how they could take a little thing you know, like this, this, they just put their spin on it, you know, it's, and it's so obvious that was very obvious. And that was actually the funny part. I thought, uh, one of the funny parts, of course, I always laugh when violence happens to people, but, um, (laughs) horror filmmaking. Yeah. (laughs) You guys see it a little differently. Um, (laughs) but but, but yeah, I, I, you know, just how they, the media can take one little thing and spin it, however, whatever direction they want and how many of the viewers jump on that train. Jump on board. They and how are it on. actually can affect people. And that was... Yeah, and how that and how they can flip that entire dichotomy in, in a, a, one airing of another viewpoint. And it's just ridiculous. But it's really true. And it is true. And, it, and, and they, you know... Um, the, the basic premise is his wife disappears and he's a suspect. Yeah. Right. His wife disappears... Which and- it seems to be a common theme in life uh, these days and they do you know good casting missy Pyle, who you've probably seen her in a million things oh yeah she's like been in adam sandler movies yeah she's done she's done a lot of different things she plays this sort of um she was in galaxy quest yeah she's (laughs) she plays this um i'm forgetting her name the woman on cnn that does the court stuff she's always like nancy grace yes oh god and she does a great version of nancy so so she makes a living off of victimized children yeah basically and that's what she's doing (laughs) and you know there's this you know some some like basically tragedy groupie takes a selfie with ben affleck like he's this guy that's just sort of emotionally shut off so then he's depicted as this like he doesn't care you know what I mean? And like a woman just takes a selfie with him and he just instinctively just kind of smiles. So they put the, then she puts that p- picture of him. It's like, he's taking selfies with women while his wife, you know, and then just how they do 
do that. And then, you know, he does some dumb things that doesn't help him, but it's, it's crazy. Now I didn't, I didn't read the book either. Right. So I haven't either. My understanding is that, that Fincher did make some changes from the book. I'd be curious to know what those are. And I'd be curious to know from any of the fans out there on the message boards or on the Facebook fan page, what you as the, as a, someone who read the book thought of the film in terms of the changes that were made, if that, if you liked them or if you thought that was. And were they significant or not? Were they significant or not? I, and so it's, it's a good film. It's worth seeing. Um, and I'd be curious to know if anybody had some of my reactions to certain things towards the end and how that. Yeah. <clears throat> what would that be? What would that be? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't want to ruin anything. So I'm just yeah, I know. I, that's this. what I was, uh, I was talking to my parents after I'd seen it. And I said, this is a story that I really can't tell you anything about. Because if I do, right. I'll ruin it. Yeah. Uh, it is a kind of a classic a little, well, a little bit of Neo now, but of uh, the wrong man thing. You know, it's very Hitchcock in that way. Mm-hmm. And like you say, he does little stupid things th- that really are not what he intends, like the smile on the, the selfie and these other little points that he does and just screws himself. Yeah. You know, and everybody that wants to spin it a particular way latches onto that, promotes it and before he can get another word out of his mouth and he's ruined. Yeah, and I thought there was really good performances too, like the woman who played his sister. Um, so the, it's really also part of the movie is kind of an indictment of the media too. It is, it is. For sure. And, um, you know, uh, what's her name? Um, Carrie Coon plays his sister, and I thought she did a great job. She was good. Of, of playing the sister of like, you know, you're my brother and I love you and I got your back, but what the fuck, you know, like, yeah, but she, at the same time, she was incredibly judgmental yeah. and, and like, I, I see my brother in a certain way mm-hmm. and you're not filling that perspective anymore and I'm going to, you know, cut you off at the knees. Right. At the same time, I'm hugging you. Right, right. And, and, and then, you know, you had Neil Patrick Harris had a good, and Tyler Perry comes in and just like you had, oh, Kim Dickens, who plays the detective, um, was really, I really liked it. Like everybody, they, it, it was one of these things. If it wasn't in Fincher's hands, you could have cast it in all of these like two-dimensional cliched ways and directed right, right. it in those way of the angry parents and the mm-hmm, cop. And like mm-hmm. you could have just done this by the numbers and it would have been like, Ugh. Right. But his like skill at, at casting correctly his direction, you can tell, to where all of these things, it didn't feel cliched. It didn't feel like any of those things. It just felt like, oh, wow. And it felt very, I mean, it's hard to say. I've never been in this situation. It felt authentic to me, except yeah. for that stuff at the end, but that just might be me. Yeah, I think Fincher's fallen into very, very methodical, high precision. Uh, way of filmmaking. Uh, where, I mean, he's, if you read anything about him, He's always talked about being almost Kubrick in the sense of doing endless takes to get things absolutely perfect. Every little detail has to be right, and you don't change it either. I thought, saw Neil Patrick Harris on uh, The Late Show, I think, the other night, and he was talking about that. He said that he was doing, thinking, oh, you know, as an actor, I like to play with the part a little bit, and he was doing like a double take or something. And Fincher sits off and brought him over and said, no, double take, no, it's not in there, we don't. No. So he was kind of making a joke out of it. It's like, you know, don't deviate from what I tell you to do. Because yeah. <laughs> we'll do it another 50 takes if, if, you, if you do that. Uh, so, but you can tell that he's really pushing for very specific performances from his 
actors and is willing to keep going till he gets it. I, I think Hitchcock was very much that way, and I kind of consider Fincher the new Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. In some ways, though, I think he's doing it better than, than Hitchcock did, because sometimes Hitchcock felt a little too uh, on the nosy. And That's you, a bold you are, statement, you know, Christopher he, Allen. Yeah, well, I know. He liked to, <laughs> he liked to you know, play, it, play, you know, play the audience like a piano, I think is what he said. And, um, and you could almost feel that sometimes. With Fincher, he's not... He pushes it, but he, he's not being quite as obvious about it. Well, I also think, too, I wonder... Well, you wonder, too, it's like, um, would David Fincher be David Fincher without the influence of Alfred Hitchcock? I, I don't think he well, would. Well, also, too, you know, Hitchcock was operating under stricter guidelines for content, and you, you had to have yeah. the good guy and the bad guy. Right, you right. Know, and and you, you, you had those things that he was operating under. So I wonder, because you got to understand too, if you put it in the context, you know, yeah, he said he, he would play the audience like a piano, but he, he was pushing the boundaries for that uh, yes. time. Yes, of course. And so... Well, and the audience was, uh, had, was a, had a different perspective back then too. They were more naive right. about things. And you could play them a little more like a piano. I mean, as... Time progresses, films progress, it gets harder and harder and harder to bring the audience in to that moment in the movie and make them suspend their disbelief and go, okay, I'm buying into it. Yeah, and he was also, he's pre-America questioning everything. He's pre-Vietnam, he's pre-Watergate, he's, right. you know, he's pre-all the assassinations that went on in the 60s, you know, right. the Kennedys, uh, Dr. King, like he's pre-all of that. So like you said... He did have a more naive audience. So, you know, now I think, again, I'm cynical because right. not only have I watched a lot of cop shows, I've watched a lot of documentaries about police departments and all the, and I love those like investigative things about actual crimes that are committed. And I've seen countless interviews with actual detectives talking about this. So that's why I'm, because I, and in the fifties, I wouldn't have had access to this stuff at all. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and so that's why I'm more critical of his handling of a police department, even though you know I'm still just a fan. But it, but it is, it is. I I I do love what you say about how Fincher is so methodical, right? And I, I you know, and I strive to be that way too. And I, I in in everything I do, whether it's my writing or or, or I'm doing film or I'm editing someone else's work, but to try to really get everything to where, you know, it may be, it's just one frame or one word away. If you went left, that would have ruined the performance or the reading or whatever. But you cut it right, right, just right, you know, and you can just tell that he's just doing that. He's getting the absolute right moments. And I know he works with two high-end editors that... Well, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is a great example of how precise and meticulous that film, the way it was. I agree. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that don't like that film, find it just dull as a ditch water. But I've watched it on countless times, and I and I think it's great. I, there's so much in every scene. The performances are perfect. It's it's just amazing. His to methodical me. nature to me yeah. is is like I'm so drawn to it. Like right. I'm so just in. It's so engaging. And, and those three books are very difficult to adapt. People don't realize. And there were great movies yeah. already made yes, in another right, country, yeah, in the yeah. country where they're they're from. So it's yeah. like. That was so bold. That the second and third books are one story. I mean, you have like the first book is a story, then the second and third one are like together are one story. And then there's all these uh, tangents and, you mm-hmm. know, stories that it just meanders, but you don't mind it because it's so well written. 
Like yeah. uh, um, Stieg Larsson created this entire world, but it makes it very difficult to film because you, you have to figure out what to take out because you lose that flavor right. of the world right. and um, what to keep in to keep your pacing um, for cinema. Yeah. And I think, too, like if you look at any of his stuff, like uh, Benjamin Button or Social Network, again, those movies are very different from each other, and yet his his skill at creating the person mm-hmm. and creating this full three-dimensional person that isn't like a Hollywood caricature is really amazing. And he's not just... In big Hollywood movies. In big Hollywood movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, giant yeah, actors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. huge A-list yeah. people. And you're looking at, at like... And it's not just... Obviously, it's in the direction when you hear stories like that from Neil Patrick Harris, but... Mm-hmm how he lights it, how he frames it, how he is presenting right. this person to you. And he does all these little subtle things that you might not be aware of that just like captures like the, like Neil Patrick Harris, for example, like when we, we mm-hmm. get to kind of see him in his home and his life and who he is. And it's different than our first introduction to him and it's so specific what he's doing that because he's the first time he's like oh we're only seeing this limited view of this guy which is kind of what the whole movie is about yeah yeah because you immediately immediately establish Ben Affleck as somebody you don't trust right even with us as the audience Mm -hmm. before they start to you know expand on all of that but in the same way with uh, Neil Patrick Harris in the same way with you know the Rosamund his wife Rosamund Mm -hmm. Pike uh, Mm. they totally sell you on they are this kind of person and you believe it. They're, he's already playing. He's being the media to the audience. I mean, in this, really, he is. And then we get, as the audience, make it, and you know, we think, oh, we're informed, and I already have an opinion from word go. And now, the, the, he's doing it with the media and the in the movie, and we start to make fun of that. And then we forget the fact that oh, he already made us make an opinion. Yeah. With with in like a snap. Mm-hmm. With yeah. a quick shot, yeah, yeah, or something. and then they were, in, yeah, very quickly, very quickly. It's a quick thing, like Ben Affleck just sort of getting a phone call and putting it in his pocket, yeah, you know, and you're just like, right. oh, like just the way he did, you're like, and he is, del- it's so, de- it's so quick, but so deliberate. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like this film, and it's, I think it's a movie for me that I'm going to need to see several more times, right? Yeah, yeah, layers to yeah. get the layers of mm-hmm. it, and. To see if my initial reaction to the stuff at the end, if I was overreacting. Oh, wow. you know I mean? Sometimes I've done that with yeah. films. My first, I remember the first time I saw um, uh, Castaway, and I was like, eh. and then I, that's a movie now I'm mesmerized by. I'm mesmerized by it, and, and because mm-hmm. I needed to see it multiple times to understand truly what the filmmaker was doing, mm-hmm. and. And maybe the environment or where I saw it was influencing how I was how I was taking. Yeah, well, it. that's always a case too. Right. What I what I love about Fincher is that when you watch his movies, you can tell that he's really painting a picture. Yeah. Very specifically painting a picture. I think Hitchcock would have been the the filmmaker that was painting on a canvas with a brush. Now, uh, and Fincher is. The modern Hitchcock who's using Photoshop, yeah, you know, <laughs> to do his painting, which mm-hmm. is going to be more specific, more exact. But it's also dangerous because you can very easy, easily overdo stuff, mm-hmm. over affect it, and over I get sanitize. so yeah, yeah, over sanitize it. You could do, you can really screw it up because you have so much more control. And the same way when I'm working on things now, I you know I 
you know, I cut Scream for me on film. I was very limited in what I could do. I had to work with very specific parameters and within limits. But now when I'm working, you know, in Avid or in Final Cut Pro or Premiere, it's limitless what I can do. So I'm at risk that's a, that's a of problem. really yeah. screwing things up. If I, you know, I can screw things up and I've seen other people do it because they can keep changing things. I have clients, they will now, you know, when I did, like again, when I did Scream for me on film, I had to actually do the old fashioned way and you lock the edit. Because yeah. you have to send this, this is now going to sound people, and they don't like right. it when you want to go fix, change something anymore. And that's very true all the way down the line, even though we were doing digital audio. But now, and especially when I'm doing things full post for somebody, a client, they think uh, a week after we're done, they want to come back and change something. Oh, yeah. And it just happens again and again and again until the point they're like, I want to talk to you about my movie. And I say, I don't. <laughs> you know, you're done. You're yeah. done with it. People won't be done, and and it's, so it's very tricky. And I think you know Fincher uh, does push that limit. And I know he takes advantage of that stuff, and will make changes at the last minute. But he doesn't again overdo things. And I, what I was really wanted to, the point I wanted to get to with all of that is how I get tired of movies where they're using too many effects. They're trying to sell me with effects. They're trying to sell me with all kinds of this, that, and the other thing. And to just get away from the fact. Get away from all this fancy transitions or fancy camera work, even. And he's even gotten away from a lot of fancy camera work. Now, he does great camera work, but it's very specific and and very planned, and it's just and very massaged to be just right. And you're not trying to wow me with with your technique, even though it's obvious if you know what you're looking at, it's there. You know, so it's so I you know I love the fact that it's a real it's just it's a story it's a movie mm-hmm. you know an old fashioned movie in that way mm-hmm. because I still go back and I love to watch black and white films from the thirties forties silent movies whatever it almost his his color choice his color saturation everything it he wanted you to feel like it was a black and white movie yeah. You know, it was very gray. The yes. whole it's probably yeah. muted color palette. Now, that's again, that's something mm-hmm. that you could, didn't used to be able to do in post. Now right. you can do in post. Like yeah. you can literally change your entire movie's color palette. I mean, exactly. it's expensive and takes a long time, yeah. but you can do it now. It's uh, it's amazing. Like if you're like, ah, this whole movie is too bright. Yeah, and uh, I want to mute these colors. He you does, can do it. He now. does that thing. What you're talking about um, is. Because we've mentioned it on this show before. Just because you have all this technology doesn't mean you have to use it. Right. 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 And he only uses it as it fits the story. Too many people just want to use it because they can. Because they have it. Yeah. It's like, I got this hot rod. I got to drive all fast everywhere. No, you don't. Drive the speed limit and pick up the fucking groceries. Like, (laughs) And and I, I think he does that. And look good doing it. Yeah. I mean, that brings up the the Dave Grohl documentary I just saw not too long ago. Sound City. If you guys have seen Sound City, oh no, I've you need to watch that. It's really good. I mean, and, but they get into that. Lord Creta uh, reviewed it on the site, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, he's our music uh, movie reviewer. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they put us. They put an album out with it. With, they brought in a lot of artists, uh, everybody from Paul McCartney to you know. Uh, yeah, it's God. about that record, recording studio in Van Nuys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he bought. He ended up buying the analog board from there, oh, and that's, he, that's what they. Re- and he put it in his home studio, and there they did the re- all the recording on that. And it brings back my music days of, of recording on a board just like that. But it, but they got into the whole analog versus digital thing, mm-hmm. and I God, I want to say that it was maybe Trent Reznor was one of the guests, somebody like that that's so steeped in. Um, electronic uh you know music making and that mm-hmm. sort of thing but they said exactly what we were just talking about that um just because um you have all this technology 
doesn't mean you should always use it. Right. You, it's a tool. It's another tool. Um, but people now have that ability because of it. It's so easy now to, to do this stuff. And with GarageBand right, and with, right. with you know, all these things that you, know, you don't have to ever have been able to play an instrument in your life. And you can sound like you're a genius in a matter of like five minutes. Right. And so you have all these people out there that should never have been making music, making music. And that's what they were saying flat out in this documentary. And I feel the same way about movies. You have, it's so easy now. Everybody's right. a filmmaker. And especially with the iPhone and high definition mm-hmm. and everything. If you own an iPhone, you're a filmmaker now. Mm-hmm. So it's really scary. So you have all these people, and with YouTube, of course, and Vimeo, and everybody knows you just—it's sure. endless stream of crap. It's uh, you know the best thing about it is everybody can do it. The worst Here, thing yeah. about it is that everybody, everybody can, can do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, I, speaking of that, going to uh, talking about Shriekfest, I was over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil was over there. Neil covers the whole thing, and what I love about this festival too is it's like it's the right size. It's never going to get bigger. It's at the Raleigh uh, screening. St- uh, stages uh, across from Chaplin Paramount. Studio. Chaplin Studio, yeah. yeah. It's got a great program of shorts. It's got a great program of horror, but they also do science fiction and sometimes some fantasy and even sometimes some uh, comedies as well. And I was talking to the um, director, Denise, and she had said that uh, they, had, they had tried to expand it before and make it on multiple screens and get it bigger, and the fans got angry because then they, that means they were missing some of the programming. So she, they had to deliberately keep it smaller to keep the fans of the festival happy. Um, so you have the shorts programs usually during the day and then the feature programs at night. And with the first time we went there and actually with a portable recorder and interviewed filmmakers, and uh, I had Neil do it, and Neil was a little nervous, but uh-huh. uh, he, uh, <laughs> he did a great job. The first one I did with him, and it was like, well, what do you think? I'm like, no, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. <laughs> Neil, God, you can handle this interview. It's fine. We interviewed the filmmakers from uh, Time Lapse, which is actually a movie I saw. Now, this is one of the science fiction offerings that played, I believe, uh, Saturday night. Uh, it's got a great premise. It's a low-budget science fiction, uh, self-funded, not Kickstarter, nothing. These guys just put their own money in, um, and they, or they got friends and family. And basically, it's uh, about um, three kind of millennials, I guess you could say now, <laughs> kind of early 30s, late 20s. And uh, they're in an apartment complex, and one of them is like one of the building managers. So he finds out one of the guys dies in the uh, building, and he's like a scientist. And they find in his apartment this giant camera, and it's bolted to the floor, and it's pointed right at their apartment. And this camera takes pictures every day, but the pictures are 24 hours in the future. So it Mm. shows what happens the next day in their own apartment. Yeah. And then oh. when they go in, they see a, an entire wall is covered with pictures that they've been, this guy has been watching. Wow. So then they decide, well, should we report it? Should we use this for our own advantage? And of course, you know, how's the movie going to move forward if they report it? Right. Of course not. <laughs> they, uh, so then they start to use it to their own advantage and then things go awry from there. And it's a really cool um, low-budget science fiction movie. And you guys are going to be hearing a lot more about it. It did get a VOD deal. Okay. So you actually, it'll be released um, in like January, February next year. I think even with a limited theatrical. Mm. So, um, but it's a, it's a fun movie. It's one of those movies that uh, whenever you do a time travel movie, um, you really got to pay attention on what's going on. It's There's definitely those moments of like, well, wait, I don't know if that, wait, the rules yeah. you set up, does that really, I think, all right, we're just going to have to trust you on this. Um, there was a couple nitpicking things I had with it. Like, um, there was uh, the one female character was not nearly as well written as she should have been. Like, uh, like if a guy 
who's the boyfriend and his deadbeat friend are sitting on a couch watching TV or playing video games. And the woman comes home uh, from either working or shopping. She is not going to say, hey, what do you guys want for dinner? I'll make your favorite. No, she's going to go, get off your asses. Uh, (laughs) Why isn't dinner ready when I come home? Right, right. (laughs) right. Little things like that. I'm like, that's you need to write women a little better. But uh, for the most part, it was a really fun um, movie. And it was they used their limited budget in a very creative way. It was all one location. It was in this apartment complex. The, um, The fabrication of the camera looked beautiful like you you actually wanted to see more shots of the camera and see how the machine worked it looked like this giant steampunk creation uh in this room and uh uh, so definitely check it out it's one of those uh cool low budget um sci-fi movies it's got a couple problems there's a couple quirks with it but on the whole it's a it's a fun movie good acting um uh good directing and uh decent writing so check it out when it comes around probably next year. It's called uh, Time Lapse. But Shriekfest is a great festival. If you're in L.A. Um, during the, you know, so let's say you stay an extra week after the podcast festival. It's always right Go to Shriekfest. Yeah, go, go to right, Shriekfest. Right. Yeah. So, and this, again, it's like where we met Chris because um, Denise has such a great eye for um, shorts and features and horror. You, you really go and you know you're going to see some great stuff. The thing I've always liked about that festival, I mean, obviously, as I've said, you know, I'm not a huge horror genre guy, but first of all, the horror fan is a very unique yes, fan. Yes, right. And there are really cool um, things being done in that genre by really talented filmmakers. And that's the thing I always dig every year is seeing this like, oh, wow, like, that was really interesting what they're doing. And, and the shorts, too. The, the shorts have yeah. been amazing. Yeah. You see sometimes higher budgets on the shorts than on the features sometimes. Right, yeah, you can. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember my days at Shriekfest, and it was great. I, I originally had my film My Skin in the festival yeah, way back I when. That. I hate to mm-hmm. bring up years anymore. <laughs> but uh, uh, I was also... Um, conned by a friend who ran a website at the time a review review ah, sorry review website in england called a uh, rumor machine which no longer exists to cover the entire festival mm-hmm. so i was very unhappy about do, being conned into doing that and my film was in there and i knew i wasn't gonna win anything and i was very jaded and blah 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 and, but anyway i went and i ended up really enjoying the festival even though i had to write all this stuff about movies that i really didn't <laughs> a lot of which at the time i did not want to watch and uh but it was really cool when i we were at the award ceremony and i was with my pad and pen and writing and and they were announcing everybody and i was trying to scribble it out and scribble it out and uh, and you know and one of the best short film awards scribbling out my skin by christopher allen broadstone and i was like <laughs> wait a minute that's me you know make sure you get the spelling right. yeah, yeah 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 so it was it ended up being a great experience because of that and then i went back i was back the following year with another another film mm-hmm. and uh and was you know had my book out like by then puzzle man and mm-hmm. promoting all of that so yeah and it was always and one of my comments though in my Final review, endless review blog for the show, for the festival was exactly what you were saying. That it was small and it was in Hollywood, but un Hollywood. Yes, and I and I hoped that it would always stay that way. Yeah. So it's good to hear because I haven't been back in a while. And it's good to hear that it's still so that, got the saying same that. Yeah, it's yeah. right. It, it is doesn't feel Hollywood. Like you mm-hmm. almost feel like 
you almost feel like you went somewhere else. Right. It, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what's this festival doing in L.A.? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, it has a very it has a very independent feel to it, but mm-hmm. but that's not a bad thing. No, no, it's, no, it, no. it's actually a good thing in this case. Yep. And and I've always you know I always like Chaplin. You know, it's theater. A it's a room. nice. I forgot how nice and the seats yeah. were. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, and it's, it's so fun. You get to yeah. walk around a little bit on a studio. It's yeah. you know, it's, it's all not Hollywood a major. History too. Yeah, all that history, too. Which I like. Yeah, you can drive right on the lot. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. Right on. So, all right. Well, I think we're going to get right into this ad read because we're let's uh, do we're it. Out of time now. I was really excited about this um, this company because we did this ad read at the uh, live show at uh, um, at Podfest. But this, we want to let you guys know, this is Creative Live. And I like when a, a sponsor comes on board big. Like, uh, like not only are they offering free stuff for you guys, what they do is they're offering these um, podcast seminars that you can actually watch online for free. But also, they have a contest. They're going to send you to San Francisco and pay for it. Yeah. One, one winner is actually going to actually go to San Fran and watch these live. And it's not just like, well, we'll give you like a couple hundred bucks. No, you get like $500 for airfare. You get a hotel for three nights. Um, and here's what they are. It's Alex Blumberg's Power Your Podcast with Storytelling and John Lee Dumas's um, Podcasting 101 courses. Now, Power Your Podcast, Alex Bloomberg is from, uh, I think, This American Life. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, is an NPR. And John Lee Dumas is uh, one of the entrepreneurial, like entrepreneur on fire kind of mm-hmm. things. And uh, his website is great. I went to his website and he shows... I like it because it's not like it's not like gimmicky. It's like hey, get rich quick, you know that kind of five hundred. Right. Uh, you know, just buy my course and you'll be a millionaire. He, they actually show you. They list out their books. They show yeah. what their expenses are every month and what they make every month. Like August, mm-hmm. they made like something like a quarter million dollars, and mm-hmm. they showed their expenses and they showed. Well, now we were down sixteen thousand from this previous uh, month because they. The, um, it's for basically how to run your business, and they have some great interviews. Yeah, Alex Blumberg does This American Life and Planet Money. Right. Um, so here's the deal. All you guys have to do is go to um, our Facebook or Twitter accounts. It's Facebook. It's um, facebook.com slash Comedy Film Nerds, and then also it's at Comedy Film Nerds at Twitter, and the link will be there to enter the contest. And there's also a hashtag cl podcast we know how you guys like yeah we know you guys like hashtags come on check it out hashtag hard work it um and we want you to um and one grand prize winner will win a trip to san francisco to attend the upcoming podcasting courses which is really cool you get a seat in the studio um the contest starts on the 6th which is yesterday and it'll go to the 10th so there's not a lot of time it's only a couple of days yeah so it and it's i think there's only like 500 people signed up for you got a chance you, you got to go do it free, now free today trip. and uh you guys it'll be really really cool and what i love about it too is i like when a sponsor comes on board and gives you stuff that that makes us happy because mm-hmm. there's a lot of podcasters that listen to this these courses are going to be great and they won't cost you anything and that's yeah. the important thing um creative live dot com for more info and check out facebook our facebook and twitter accounts will give you the link but if you um if you really want the url if you're a weirdo that likes to type it in it is cr8.lv slash podcast power yeah just go to the facebook yeah just go to the yeah. facebook right. just click everybody wins Pretty somebody simple. just paused and like rewind like no fuck this i'm gonna i want yeah, cla gonna, yeah. to that one is i'm gonna write it down um, so check it out and we're happy to have creative live as a sponsor and check out those, uh, free courses that will be awesome. San Fran, whoever wins, you got to send photos from San Francisco to us. 
Yeah, definitely. You got to do a work it picture. You got to do a hard <laughs> SF hard work, work it. it. <laughs> Hashtag. Yeah, I'd love to get back to San Francisco. That's a great town. It is cool. And I'm mm. noticing here you have this lovely LA podcast the festival, program. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing that Vertigo, which is one of my all-time favorite yes. Hitchcock films, mm. and shot in San Francisco for the mm. uh, location. Yep. Ah, that's stuff, a great film. Which, which is, anyway, I just had to bring that up. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, nice really, film it's, nerd eye. it's really not important, and it has nothing to do with anything. But uh. so, so, Chris, now tell us about what you have uh, coming up. I know you're okay. working on, uh, you're re-releasing Puzzle Man. Although yes. We're going to give away a copy today. What? Yes. It's giveaway, it's crazy giveaway I know, day. you guys are getting so much free stuff today. Is, is, this, is this the e-copy we're talking about, or yes. something else? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, good. Just so people know. Mm, it's an e-copy. It, it's going to be an e-copy, mm-hmm. and in saying that I know people have different readers out there. I know Kindle's extremely popular, but there are others in the market like there's, there's an anti Kindle Nook and blah 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 yeah. blah. Well, it, uh, you you have a choice if you win this copy. You can have a Mobi file, which will work great on many things, but specifically for sure Kindle. You can get an EPUB file, which will work on Nook, I believe, and lots of other things I don't know about. Or if you just like it on your computer, you can have a really nice PDF file that's formatted uh, more so like exactly like the printed book right. is. So so anyway, those are the three choices, uh, whoever might end up winning this wonderful copy. So one way or another, you'll be able to read it. Right, that's do. the point. <laughs> yeah, one way, first we want you to be able to read the thing that you win. That's a big. That's yeah. a, that's the uh, bonus yeah, we're giving yeah. you guys. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know if I if I should bring this up here about the the book, but yeah, it's it's been re released as of October first this mm-hmm. year. Um, it's a little bit cheaper than it was. It used to be uh, five ninety nine on Kindle. It's now four ninety nine on Great. Kindle. Also, to give people uh, a chance to maybe get into it and sample it, I've now serialized it in six parts, uh, which are the six parts of the book. At ninety nine cents a piece, oh, nice. so essentially uh, you 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 can't really lose right now. I mean, you can give it a chance at ninety nine cents. If you hate it, you only lost ninety nine cents. And I thank you for the thirty five cents royalty I will yeah. get from that. Uh, uh, but uh, you and know, we also have signed hard copies here on the uh, site. Yes, and we will have they will have that as well. Chris and, makes more money from those. Yes, and uh, <laughs> or I spend. They cost a lot more too. <laughs> All right, so here's how we're going to do the contest. So go to the Comedy Film Nerd Facebook page. We're yes. going to put a post up mm-hmm. to tell us your favorite 20s or 30s era uh, horror movie. And, and you must defend your you choice. You must defend it. And then uh, Christopher Allen Broadstone will pick the one that he thinks makes the best case. So Good. We're going to put that up. Go to the Facebook page. You will see it for tell us your favorite 20s or th- 1920s or 1930s era horror movie and why. And then if you defend your thesis, your, <laughs> you defend your, your, your choice. Free Puzzle Man. Free Puzzle right. Man. Right. And of course, we need to know what you file you like for whatever, however you want to read it, whether it's mm-hmm. Kindle, so when, Nook, when, or whatever. When Chris whatever. contacts you. Well, uh, yeah, we can get into all that then. Yeah. So. You can I, give him your tech requirements. <laughs> there we go. Yes. <laughs> I'm using a Commodore 64, and I would like right this. On. And I also am Without gonna, a screen. How yeah. can I read it? <laughs> Nice. And I also have a new short story coming yeah, out and, and, a yes. new, and this new anthology that's coming out on Halloween I want to talk about, too. Is this a good time to talk Let's about Absolutely, that? yeah. Okay. Uh, it's called uh, Journals of Horror, Found mm-hmm. Fiction. It's going to be edited by Terry M. West. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Terry. Uh, he's got, had quite a name for a long time. I, uh, in, he did directed a lot of various movies. He did a lot of... Uh, 
movies that, that I, he doesn't want to be the associated with. Right? And uh, I'm not sure if he did that, but he did. He's most known for Flesh for the Beast, which is definitely still available on Amazon. It's out in Blu-ray now and everything. Uh, but Terry's also been a writer for a long time, and he's really kind of thrown movies making aside in favor of writing. And he has a lot of good stuff out there. If you get on Facebook, uh, find him. Just look up Terry M. West or find me, Christopher Allen Broadstone. And, and you, you'll find plenty of links probably to get you to Terry and find his stuff. He just released something called uh, Heroin in the Magic Now, which is a kind of a very personal horror fiction. Uh, but anyway, go out there and yeah, check up on that, Terry too. West. I think I'm thinking of, I think T.I. West is... Uh, uh, maybe is. so. So anyway, uh, he's decided to put together an anthology to help uh, a lot of writers. And it's called, again, it's called Journals of Horror Found Fiction. And it's mm-hmm. taking the idea of the found, uh, found footage genre in cinema and applying it to writing. So each of the stories, oh, okay. each of the stories has to be uh, th- thematically like found, based. Found manuscripts, yeah, found found manuscripts, or it could be anything. You know, he was really pushing people. You know, maybe you found out your information in a fortune cookie. You know, or oh, it, it could okay. be any number of things. I think mm-hmm. I pushed the limits quite a bit and broke the, the rule and stretched it a lot. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. curious to see what the other writers will do. Uh, my story is called Note to Self, uh, but it will be available on Amazon. It's up for pre order right now. Shazam. And uh, yeah, it'll be out in ebook the, uh, on Halloween, and then it will be coming out in a hard form probably about a, two weeks a month later. What what uh, what horror movies coming out? Are you excited about? Ugh, I don't know. I'm often not very excited about the horror movies that keep coming out. I know that Annabelle was just out, and I know it did pretty well for opening mm-hmm. weekend. Typical, of course, it's October, but all the re- I didn't see it, but all the reviews I was looking at said the same thing it was the same old stuff I, it seems to me like every horror we're, we've talked about this on the show before the horror movie they're all they all have the same trailer yeah like yeah. it's just beat for beat and oh yeah and it's the faces that pop out i mean it's yeah. it's literally they could can that now and just put it in a, a software and it will just take your footage and make that yeah it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. That's what I feel like. You also then you have the title of the movie, and then you have um, the stinger at the end. Yeah, where there's yeah, like that one big yeah. scream at the end. Yeah. yeah, I think Ouija is the other movie that's coming out this month, mm-hmm. and it looks like a load of stuff I never want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's another teenager-driven uh, playing with the Ouija board. The spirits get woken up. What? How? How many times has that been? I know. Done? I know. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. And but people keep going to see it and they're going to keep making them as long as the kids keep going. What do you want to see? Like, what do you, what, what would you like to see? My movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would like to see. But, you know, I, I don't say that to be arrogant or anything or make, really even to make a joke, but it's kind of true. I, I What saddens me is that, you know, I, even though I default into horror, I feel like I also don't really fit in horror either. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a terrible horror fan in the, in the sense that I don't go see everything. Right. I'm not, I mean, if it's a ghost story, I'm like, I already saw that before. Right. You know, I don't want to see it again. You know, it's the possession movies. I want to like the possession movies, but after you've seen The Exorcist and about, and The Omen and about two or three others, you've seen them all. Right. And I'm sick of that crap. So I, I really want people to, you know, or like I try to do, push the limits of that and don't worry about making it a what I call a spook movie because that's what usually is what the horror that comes out is and that's why I don't care about seeing them because they're simply we're going to make you jump right and that's it and the story mm-hmm. is secondary I, w- I like that's why I like Fincher so much and um, you know movies like Seven were a big influence on me yeah. and and just following that pers- you know that thinking where 
I'm not trying to make a horror story for you. I'm, you know, it may, I, but make a really dark, macabre story. You know, that's why I love it. Edgar Allan Poe and and that's things like that. If you, if you read Edgar yeah. Allan Poe, he's not scary. No one's jumping. Really? Out yeah, like, nobody's jumping out at you. But it's psychological. Just the it, it's it's the, yeah. It just morgue. yeah yeah that's it just big, yeah all right. <laughs> it just makes you. It just draws you in, gets you into a story, and it's. I just like the macabre vibe, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of movies I really like. You know, I mean, I, that's why I kind of liked uh, Walk Among the Tombstones. It had a very very noir macabre vibe. What did you think about that film overall? I liked it overall. I really did. Uh, now, was, I, we we weren't sure from the trailers too, but it wasn't like a Taken movie. It was not like a Taken movie. Yeah, uh, I knew and, they did a, a Taken trailer. And yeah, like they just. Regular, yeah, I knew it. Yeah. yeah. And I saw I saw two trailers. I see. I saw the one they had on TV, which is like the probably the twenty second spot, the mm-hmm. ten second spot, yeah. maybe thirty if you're lucky. Very intense. It drew me in immediately, and you know, because you're seeing got creepy guys with a meat cleaver with it, you know, <laughs> all this stuff. And I'm going, this looks intense, very intense. And then I saw the uh, like minute and a half, two minute trailer on the web on their website, I guess, and it was much more slowly paced, much more like a Fincher type of film these days. And then when I saw it, it was more like that. It, right. it wasn't. It was. It had it. It was intense, it was but it was, it was very noir, and it had yeah, a slow yeah. burn to it. And uh, and it, See, but it was good. It was solid. The it was solid. Maybe just go. Oh, this yep. is this the yearly taken. It's not. It's but it's not. I saw the noir trailer, and then I'm like, oh, I know they did that taken trailer. And you'll like yeah. it because the characters again are very. It's kind of like a David Fincher film that isn't David Fincher. It's so it has a little bit different take on it, but mm-hmm. the performances are great. The characters are different, even though familiar types of characters, but they're different within the context of their character. And I think you'll like that. I think that's why you liked Gone Girl, and I think you'll like this movie for the same reason. But the, what's, what's crazy I'm is the in. movie... Yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> and what's crazy, too, is that the movie is shot in color. It's presented in color. But I swear to God, I remember the movie in black and white. <laughs> because it was... That's the... They, the way, this color saturation, the, the way they shot it, and everything. black and white, except for some yeah. red blood or whatever. Yeah, like. and that's exactly the way I th- remember that movie. I swear, if you mm-hmm. if you said, was it shot in black and white or color? I'd say, I remember it in black and white, but I know it was shot in color. Uh, right. I love it. So. Very cool. All right, man. Well, that's you, you just converted me. I'm yeah, <laughs> now I want to see it again, Yeah, I, I, thought, I think the first Taken movie was pretty good. I love the first yeah, Taken yeah. movie. I, I didn't bother to go see the rest because everybody said, oh, God. And now they're making a third. Of course they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which they're I'll see. They're going to keep going. I'll see. Yeah, yeah. 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 once yeah. you're in, you're in. Yeah. Uh, now let's go to DVDs. Um, Edge of Tomorrow. This is a movie that I really just... Because of scheduling, I was not able to go see it. I really want to see this movie. On oh, TV. me too. And I haven't pro- seen it either. Yet. I saw it and I liked it. It was a lot of fun, and it's got some cool, interesting stuff into it. And and the the action is it two Transformers video no, game? No, no, that's what I was worried about, right. and it kind of steered me away a little bit. It was the kind of thing where, uh, yeah, all those trailers, I was scared, and I was like, oh, but Tom Cruise is great, and Emily Blunt, who up till this point has always played the like. Fun-loving British girls. She plays a badass, mm. and she's great in it. Uh, cool. Well, also, there was some controversy about leaving the original title in. They think the movie would have done better. All You Need Is Kill was like the original mm. That's a great uh, title. title. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great title. Um, it's Doug Lyman is the director who I like. Um, you know, I like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and mm-hmm. it has that yeah. playfulness that Mr. Okay. and Mrs. Smith had and good action and stuff. Mm. I, it's worth seeing. It's, it's perfect for... Guys like you that just didn't miss it or didn't think it was that great, I think you'll. It's a good DVD yeah. choice. Cool. And, and Tom Excellent. Cruise, who I've never, I would never say that I would go would have gone to see a movie because of Tom Cruise. He's really kind of 
I don't know, like he disappeared for a while, it seemed like, in a way. He was this crazy Scientologist, and that's the way everybody was thinking of him only. And then he started coming back with all these, cranking out all these movies. Mm -hmm. And I'm really starting to kind of be impressed with the guy now. It's like he kind of finally learned to get out of that one perspective, Tom Cruise, intense everything and he's almost he's like an actor now a real actor it's, it's really you so. know sometimes he does his movies where you're like oh this is just a tom cruise thing right. but th- this is interesting yeah. Like, yeah. oblivion is, yeah oblivion <laughs> where you're like okay well this, i didn't hate that movie that much really? yeah. oh wow i did really yeah, I, well you, know you should have seen after earth that, which was, oh. wasn't with tom cruise <laughs> but no but that one razzies that one's yeah. even yeah. in a whole nother Not department really. the thing i loved about oblivion though i will say there's one thing i loved about it i thought the production design was absolutely phenomenal. Yes, yeah, so I thought it was like, like everything great. from uh, the way the ships and the mm-hmm. structures, everything mm-hmm. was created. There was a meticulous detail to it. Just there was not a meticulous detail to the script. So yeah, I, I really, I saw it in the theater, and I don't know. Maybe I was just in a good mood that day. But I don't, I don't remember disliking it. I, I, I need to watch it again and see what. And I then think. not like it. Yeah, and then not like it. Uh, now the next movie, A Million Ways to Die in the West. This one is um, Seth MacFarlane's yep. movie that. Really oh, was tanked. it good? Was it good? Uh, I did no? not see, uh, it. I didn't see it. Although I have to I say, um, I'm sure it was just like all of Seth MacFarlane's work, where it's a mixture of inspired and lazy. <laughs> so uh like like ted is a great example of that i'm like oh this is kind of a funny concept there's some funny scenes and then oh that's a really boring way to go with humor and right. a really lazy way to go with jokes and humor. uh yeah that's, and that's what i find is a lot of stuff comedies and things it's great idea but just poorly executed. and it's, it's also i found the same thing with family guy i feel like you know some of it's inspired and right it's like, is incredibly lazy i mean mm-hmm. you just you know, you're going to that well again that you yeah. you know least common denominator and hackneyed old stereotypical jokes. I'm like, no, you've shown <laughs> you can do more. Stop leaning on that crutch that you keep leaning on. Right. You know, show yeah. ha- have your movie or your show be innovative and uh, creative all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I probably won't see this movie. A million ways to I'll die. I'll see it on a plane yeah. at some point, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure I'll laugh and then have the same reaction. Oh, that scene was funny. Oh, that was dumb. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. and Million Dollar Arm is the other uh, That's movie. That's the, the John Ham. You know, Hamm, gets yeah. the kids from India to play baseball. Uh-huh. It's very Disney. Uh, okay, but yeah, in the end, a good. You know, it has its. Did you see it? I did. I did see it when yeah. it came out. I liked it. Mm. It was nice seeing John Ham not be Don Draper. You know, and it seemed like it was one of those by the numbers movies where there's you're not gonna unbelievably love it but there's nothing to hate in it either no, there's, there's nothing yeah. like what the fuck are they doing yeah, it's just yeah. this disney uh, yeah. by the numbers based on a feel true good story. kind of feel movie good. yeah and, and mm-hmm. all those so, moments i was slum dog millionaires no. right <laughs> yeah. yes I, I don't I mean, i'm not a big fan of that movie even though people think it's oh my god genius work I. genius That's work so i'm not but i'm just i'm just like yeah i was like in the minority on the slum dog millionaire i think because i saw it too after all the hype and how great mm-hmm. it was yeah well, i probably did too. i think i think you you run the risk of that when you see a movie that everyone's talking about how great it is right yeah soul you're yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that or that yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is very likely with me <laughs> so right. okay premiering this week the judge now i think i'm in the minority on i'm still excited about to see this well, what, is, what is that which who's in that it's it's with um robert duvall and robert downey uh, oh Jr. okay Jr. okay yeah 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 okay i've seen three it's, there's three different trailers out there for three different movies. Oh, wow. I, see, I haven't I see. seen that many. Then, okay, yeah. I saw the one that's like, you know, there's a big case he's coming back to his hometown for, and him and his dad don't get along. Is his dad guilty? Bum, 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 bum. Then I saw one that's like a romance. <laughs> then I just saw one where the, the one on TV that was playing this weekend 
because I was watching some football games, and they, this is the one they were showing during football games. Right. They're in the court, and he's like, um, Robert Duvall's giving, we're doing jury selection, and Robert Duvall's trying to tell his son, you got to get the guy, you know, get a jury that's, I don't know what the, but it's like, get someone that's, that's they're not bright or whatever. Uh. And then Robert Downey Jr. asks, what do you guys, what kind of bumper stickers do you have on your car? And one guy's like, I got a bumper sticker that says, <laughs> uh, missing dog and wife. <laughs> take reward for the dog one of those dumb but I don't right, care my right, wife's yeah, dead, you know what right, I mean like yeah. just one of those stupid things and everybody laughs and then the go see the judge this weekend and I'm like so it's a fucking goofball oh, like, comedy it's, oh, it's, right. a, it's, a, it's a court goofball movie so now it's my cousin Vinny yeah exactly yeah. that's what I thought and I put it on Twitter it's like is this is this a, like a gritty like Dad, like a gone girl. Yeah, I think right. I might have seen in a completely different well, trailer isn't than he anyone de- you described. Isn't I think I Robert might've... Downey Jr. defending his he's father. Defending his father. He's yeah, like yeah. up for some corruption his or dad something. Is a, or... His dad is a big, powerful judge. He comes uh, okay, back to his right. small town. Him and his dad don't get along. Right, I got well, that, that. The trailer I saw was that was that it was a drama about um, a family reconciling, and the courtroom stuff was just on the periphery right. of it. Yeah, okay, I've seen that, that version. Yes. <laughs> courtroom hijinks? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, I, don't, I, I like Robert Downey Jr. a lot, so I would buy, sure. I'd probably just see it. I don't know that I'd go out to the theater to see it, but I'll mm-hmm. Netflix it, probably. I, I don't know what to do with this, because I like Robert Downey Jr. I love Robert Duvall, but I don't know what the fuck, if this is just like slapstick in the courtroom... <laughs> or do they just like, oh, football fans are stupid. They'll like this. Is That's that- what I think. It's, I think it was a more of a marketing ploy. Like, uh, yeah, like, oh, the football fans will like this joke. Yeah, this beer, then, these beer guzzling. Yeah, then they'll go see the movie. Yeah, I'm sure, it's cynic- I'm sure it's cynical marketing yeah. uh, that will backfire, as right. it always does. Right. Um, now, the next one is um, a kid's movie, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, uh, based on the book. This looks like a real classic, again, Disney, but... Kids movie, sure. not like a family movie, not like the whole mm. family can enjoy. It. This is the one that the kids drag the parents to go see and uh, love it. Right, and uh, the parents are like, "All right, are checking their watch through right. the uh, right. through the movie." This Even is with an, Steve an animated thing, or no, right? it's a live action. Oh, God, Even I with Steve Carell in it, I oh. think uh, I think this I will be any of that. I think kids are going to love this movie. I think parents are just going to be like, "How, how long is this? Yeah, long is it I'm over?" Curious to see mm. what you and Bella think. Of this yeah, movie. <laughs> yeah. So I think I might be going to see this this weekend. Of course. Um, next movie I will not be going to see is Dracula Untold. All right. <laughs> we will send Neil to this movie. Even after Shriekfest, he will get to see another horror movie, oh, Neil. sort of. Um, You're doing the Lord's work, Neil. Yeah, and this is the exactly I talked about it at the podcast. Can we uh, show the trailer show. at the festival? Yeah. And how this is everything wrong with American cinema. <laughs> it's a oh god flawed yeah. premise, and then you throw two hundred million dollars at it. Yeah, it's this whole cheesy, over romanticized, melodramatic vampire crap. I <sighs> has got to go. Yes. It has to end. And this is the perfect. Watch example. the strain. That's well, how is, vampires this are. This is a great <laughs> example of what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And they went, you know. We could have his cape turn into a bunch of bats with the technology. Just yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah, don't don't have it turn into a good script. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. 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 we made fun of this because it was it was such a dumb trailer. It was it was fun to show the trailer at, at Podfest and have people watch it because it was just and this, they do that thing of like, oh god, he bites the woman's neck and it's like oh it's sexual and everyone that does a Dracula thing <laughs> thinks they're the first person to come up with that like. Actually, he's not murdering her. It's kind of sexual. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, right. I haven't been doing with that with Dracula for the last 80 goddamn yeah. years. I mean, the uh, the symbolism, of course, is it's a substitute for penetration. Oh, that's, really? Yeah, wow. Uh, so it's You know like, what I'd like to see? 
a, a woman being like, oh, stop fucking, you bit me, you asshole. Yeah, like, yeah. now I'm the undead. Not, uh, we're going to be in love forever, and I'm going to fall in love with a wolf boy, too. Like, yeah. shut yeah. the fuck up. All right, right. All right. Yeah. No, I can't. I think I, I, want, I would go. rather see The Mummy, another Mummy movie than I this can't movie. watch those either. I, yeah. the, uh, now, I will say, the first Mummy movie kind of had its heart yeah. in the right place, because it, it set it up like an old adventure sure. serial yeah, well, they're trying to go Indiana Jones with it. That's exactly what it was. Know, it was like Indiana so. Jones with a mummy, and I thought Brendan Fraser was fantastic in it because he was that perfect role yeah. of the goofball kind of adventurer. Mm-hmm. And then it just went so off the rails after that. I'm like, wait, what? everything that made the first one fun and cool yeah. is now gone, and now right. I'm bored yeah. by a yeah. mummy movie. Yeah. Well done, yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, and getting and speaking so, of that stuff, the tools like you were talking about too, is that it saddens, saddens me because I know how much work goes into making those amazing effects yeah where the cape turns into bats or whatever it may right. be and you made so, the rock into a graphic yeah, yeah and we've <laughs> seen a giant scorpion we've seen that stuff so many times and used almost exclusively in movie moments or films where you are unemotionally attached and we're jaded and we and i see that stuff and i'm just i don't even care yeah and there's like a slave team out there that worked 24 hours sure. a day to make that shot happen and probably made minimum wage doing yeah. it, you know? And so it saddens me that it's been exploited to that extent in movies. And that's why, again, I like to go back to like a Fincher film, you know, where I don't see all of that. And if that stuff is used, it's used so subtly, you know, subtly and, you know, with precision, surgical. It's insertion, used. I guarantee you, you know, I guarantee you he's done. in the editing room going, you know what? I, that cloud needs to be a different sure. shape. Oh, he, he, yeah. he does. He's using, he does. It, he's he using does. it to yeah. support the story. Yes. Right. Yeah. He's not using it in spite of the story. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the behind the scenes on seven, even he's in there. Um, we, you, this framing isn't good. We need to reframe this, you know, and he's, they're reframing shots after they shot him, you know, in post, in post oh, and wow. stuff. Uh, and, you know, just goes, I don't like it. It, it bring it, down a little, you know, but they, you know, of course they they shot full enough sure. that they, you know, they have that leeway. But uh, yeah, they, I mean, you used to be able to do that. Yeah, you didn't used to be able to do that. And that film was shot on film, yeah, even yeah. So back. That was ninety nine. Yeah. So um, right. All right, guys, that's this our episode. That was that was great. That was a great episode. Um, well, thank you to our guest, uh, Chris Brown Broadstone. Once again, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, thank you. Get a hold of you. I was getting ready to say. Yeah, I have. Uh, my main website is blackcabproductions.com. That's cab like a taxi, not cat. <laughs> Please. <laughs> You'll never find me. Uh, you, you can really find everything from there. Okay. And uh, there's plenty of, on the first page, you know, join me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Vimeo, on whatever, well, LinkedIn, on yeah, everything you can think of. It, you can find me through that. You can find, uh, you know, if you, especially if you get on me with Facebook, I've got several Facebook pages. I have one for Puzzle Man, if you go look for that, uh, the re-release, and also the Journals of Horror's got a thing out there. And there's going to be, you know, go see the Journals of Horror stuff on Facebook. And there's a release event, a virtual release event on November 8th at noon, uh, where people could just drop in and talk to the authors, ask them questions. Oh, that's cool. Tell them they suck, whatever they want to <laughs> do, you know, and the authors can defend themselves. Black Cab Productions, Productions you guys. Yes, yes. It's a really cool thing, you know. And got- you can check out the stuff on our site. We can You can buy mm-hmm. uh, Three Dead Girls, the DVD. Now, it's not for the squeamish or the faint of heart. Let's, let me put the disclaimer yes. on there. Yeah. It's, it's some uh, intense stuff, as well as the Puzzle Man book. If you're a horror be fan... Signed. This this is, uh, but it's not a gore fest in the no, movies uh-uh. either. It, it, again, it's a, more psychological, and I, you know, what can I say? But also, I wanted to say too, uh, 
coming up, I am in the process of getting ready to hopefully get together and finish my uh, collection of short stories, which will maybe will be out by Christmas. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm it's a also, perfect time to yeah, release and I'm also been, our short stories. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm trying to still get my second novel finished, which I mm-hmm. hopefully that will happen and be out next year sometime. So I've got a lot of writing stuff in the works. I'm still pursuing the film Mm-hmm. stuff, but uh, and anybody wants to send me money in that department, sure. <laughs> we can make well, something if happen. Doing, if you're doing a Kickstarter, we'll, support, we'll have you come back. Support independent filmmakers, uh, you guys. I may do that. Mm-hmm. Support independent filmmakers, go to Black Cab Productions, and you know follow them on all the social media and stuff. Um, thank you guys for being on the show. I will be headlining Go Bananas in Cincinnati, October 16th through the 19th. Um, and of course, we'll be doing... Um, the Comedy Film Nerds um, stand-up and short film, November 15th. We'll be getting more information on that um, at the uh, Chinese Theater in the in the six-screen multiplex upstairs. Oh, that'll be great. So check that out. And, uh, you know, still can get the live stream through October 19th. Uh, go to lapodfest.com slash live. Use coupon code NERD to save $5. That's also how we get paid. Um, and it's, it's awesome. Like Chris said, over 50 hours of content, you can check out everything and, uh, and then go to our Facebook page too. Uh, always liking us and, and get the, uh, join the contest. For- yes. Creative live. Make sure you, uh, check that out. You'll, what it'll be, is it a link? You'll go over and sign up and, uh, you could win the, go uh, to yeah, go to San Francisco and, uh, you know, at worst, just check out the. Um, the seminars power your podcast with storytelling and podcasting 101 mm-hmm. and then answer the the question to win a digital copy of uh, Christopher Allen Brown's yes. book you, you got guys. a lot of work to do on You're Facebook guys get your shit straight quit fucking off and get in there <laughs> um, alright thank you uh, to our guest and of course my name is Graham Elvin. thank you and I'm Chris Mancini and as always remember Han, Han shot, shot first, first.